Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Sirius XM Progress. Hello and welcome to Channel 127. The little show that could here at What the Fuck O'Clock, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble for the next three hours. We're going to be coming at you with facts and empathy and music and something approximating humor. And we promise we will do our best to bring you to the edge of being somewhat entertained. For the next three hours, the number to put yourself in the cast of this show is 866-997-4748. We always get some really good guests, and our callers are always the most important. Well, most of you. Some of them, you know the ones I'm talking about, who call a little too much, we could do without. In the meantime, however, we want to hear from you at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT is our number. Thea Harper and I are here in the Howard Stern Tower, 267 floors high above Gotham. It is empty here. It is barren. There's a child riding his big wheel through the hallways and two little ghost girl twins talking to him. There's no one here. Will Smith is walking around with his dog. It's empty. There's nothing here. It's just us. Just us. And that's why we're so glad you're with us. And we have a great show tonight. Chris Hauselt is not with us. Why? Not so much because he's our executive producer running things in South Carolina. More than he just doesn't care to be he here with us. It just he 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 actually said to us, "I'm going to read this." John and Thea, congrats on being back in the studio. I would love to be there with you, were it not for the fact that I choose not to do so. That doesn't sound warm to me, yeah, Thea. Not I, at all. This is this is what we but have you know, to work that's, with. That's typical, Chris. I know. What, what you know? What can we expect? I know. It's it's just, that's you know, Thea, Thea. Yeah. So that's how white boy was raised. You know that, right? <laughs> you get that, right? I, I, it's not on me. That's okay. You some said of, that. Not some me. of my best friends are white boys. It's all right. <laughs> Chris means well is what we're trying to say. <laughs> and he can't talk to us. So we're just going to do this all night. Uh, and of course, we want to hear from you at 866-997-4748. Professor David Rothkopf is going to join us very shortly to talk about his new piece uh, that is all it's in the New Republic, all about how Donald Trump is really every enemy America has ever faced in every previous conflict wrapped into a fondue all at once. It's quite a conversation. Comedian Rhonda Hansom is going to be with us. We have a lot to get to in the news today. It's been a bit wild. A drone attack on a U.S. military base in Jordan has killed three and injured dozens more. The White House is promising retaliation for the attack, although they do believe it's not connected to the ongoing U.S.-backed war against Hamas in Gaza. And, of course, we know a lot of bad actors in the region really want to draw us into a war. And by bad actors... I mean, half the Republicans, half the Republicans are calling for us to actually drop bombs inside of Iran. It's the same party that tore up our last peace deal with Iran. So I love that. The other half are still pretending that they're anti-war and that they hate war, uh, unless you're Putin, in which case, do what you want. We love you. They all seem to forget it's Donald Trump had a habit of assassinating 
Iranian generals. So in the meantime, back here, House Republicans have moved forward in pursuing an impeachment of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. Why? Because they're not talking about impeaching Joe Biden anymore, and they never were. Oceania's at war with East Asia. Oceania's always been at war with East Asia. It's a cult, folks. They're not talking about Hunter too much either. Also, that former IRS contractor who leaked Donald Trump's tax returns to a very hungry media just got sentenced to five years in prison for the breach. And meanwhile, on CNN, Nancy Pelosi suggested that pro-Palestinian groups in the U.S. were funded by malicious foreign actors, specifically Russia. <laughs> I, I love leader Pelosi. She's, she, I've been on TV with her, been on stage with her. Then, then people outside her house were chanting about Palestine, and she said, go back to China. I, 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 I don't know what liberals they're trying to get to vote for them this year. It requires a little bit of nuance. Finally, a team of explorers claim their months-long search of 5,000 square miles of remote Pacific Ocean. Uh, they claim they have located Amelia Earhart's long-lost aircraft. More on that as it comes up. Let's just get to it. Let's do a show. For the next three hours, we want to hear from you guys at 866-997-GRIT. Now, in our last episode, the MAGA cult was ignoring this conservative Supreme Court at the Texas border. You know all about that. They're cheering Abbott. They're cheering for civil war. And into the fray comes James Lankford, the senator from Oklahoma. You know James Lankford, right? He, he, that, that ginger dude. He looks kind of like a creepy doll that came to life, but nobody in Oklahoma noticed or cared. So he just kept growing and ran for office and turned 50, and he's still made of plastic and soulless. He's a, he's a Vichy Republican, happy to collaborate with every bit of fascism Donald Trump has. And here's the thing about James Lankford to remember. He believes in nothing except... Like many Republicans, he believes he should have power. And because of his small grasp of reason, and even tinier grasp of morality, he's decided, like so many before him, the way to power is to be an unmanly, unquestioning supplicant of Donald Trump. Just a Ken Crotch. Like Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Tim Scott, Tom Emmer, all the amoral, unmanly Ken Crotches. And they would, and I am telling you this now, my friends, all of these men would wear lipstick and a miniskirt in front of their children if Trump told them. Yeah, Ted Cruz. So James Lankford's one of these. He's been right-wing his whole life. Before we even get to the story, let's just set the stage for how corrosively awful this dude is. He's lied about Obamacare. Says every year the majority of states are seeing premiums and costs double. That was a lie. Most people released by immigration authorities don't attend their court hearing. That's a lie. He said that tax revenue went up $14 billion after the Trump's tax cut. That was a lie. He's a Republican. It's okay. He can lie all day. The base don't mind. The base don't read effect. The base don't know he's fact-checked. The base doesn't read Snopes. They don't know. And Republicans will never punish you, ever, for telling them lies they enjoy hearing. It's great to never leave the bubble. Again, Langford's awful. A rating from the NRA. Wants to extend the Patriot Act. Wants more roving wiretaps in the U.S. He is a bought and paid for prostitute for polluters. He opposes the EPA regulating emissions. He's against same-sex marriage. He's against LGBT rights his entire life. Wants to criminalize abortion. This dude's not just against decriminalizing cannabis for sick people. He introduced the Keeping Out Illegal Drugs Act to block federal funds for Indian tribes that allow the cultivation of cannabis on their tribal lands for profit because they're poor. James Langford gave a deposition where under oath he said he believed a 13-year-old girl can give consent. He's the father of two daughters. He was director of youth programming at the Falls Creek Baptist Conference Center for a decade, and he thinks 13-year-old girls are old enough to consent to sex. He's a bad guy. Do you get the, get the idea? 
I'm going to go a little more. He told Think Progress that he believes homosexuality is a choice. Employers should be allowed to fire people for their sexual orientation in a free country. Can I just say, James, I know you listen. Anybody who says same-sex attraction is a choice that must be resisted usually has some experience resisting it, putting it out there. And Oklahoma James Lankford is MAGA. He's so MAGA, he tried to help Trump decertify the election. In January of 2021, right before the attack, he was questioning the validity of the 2020 election, and some black Tulsa leaders called on him to resign from the 1921 Race Massacre Centennial Committee in the Senate because they saw the false fraud allegations, which were all focused on mostly black cities and his attack on black voters. We still don't talk enough about the racism behind January 6th. But he was one of 11 senators who said they'd vote on January 6th to reject the electors, supporting the big lie. After the terrorist attack on our Capitol, he changed his position and he voted to certify the election. And then he apologized for his role in casting doubt on the black votes. And then he apologized for apologizing once he saw where the wind was blowing. Now, again, Biden beat Trump in the Electoral College 306 to 232. It was not close. Trump's legal team and his supporters had over 60 contests in court. Trump's still lying the election was stolen and a majority of Republicans are lying with him and for him. This is the litmus test. You cannot be an honest man or woman and run for office in this party. And they tried to censure him for not voting to throw out the votes of black voters in 2021. 93 to 122. They called for him to resign because he wouldn't be part of the big lie. So since then, he's been obedient. He questions all the time whether Biden's victory was valid. He voted to acquit Trump in the second impeachment trial. He said, you can't vote to remove someone from office who's not even in office. It's nonsense. Ying, ying, ying. He voted against creating the January 6th commission. He's a waste. Of, you know how evil he is? The, here's that first clip from uh, CBS this morning. He said he'd be okay with endorsing a proven rapist like Donald Trump. Hey, uh, before I let you go, I want to get your reaction to the news that he was ordered to pay $83 million to a person that a jury found he defamed after a separate jury found that he had sexually assaulted her. Does it give you any pause about him returning to office? It doesn't. Obviously, these are legal cases. I don't jump in the middle of a legal case. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's been not in the middle, the dude. number of legal cases that have come up against President Trump and then have failed and have been dropped or have been kicked out of the courts on it. This one's actually went through. Conviction. He's already said he's going to challenge it. So let the courts actually make their decisions and let the American people make their decisions. We got states like Colorado. Okay, that are you, trying no, to that's be good. Able that, to thank you, Thea. So you, you got it right. He he heard grab him by the pussy. He knows a jury found that Trump sexually assaulted her. He knows twenty six other women. But James Langford's a special kind of amoral, unmanly coward. And that's not even the story. This has all been set up. Here's the story. This hump has been working with one Democrat and one independent named Kirsten Cinema, which really counts as one Democrat and one Republican, but I digress. He's been trying to pass and enact very significant restrictions on migrants coming through our border. They really want to make it as mean as possible. And Langford has fought and fought and fought for this bill for months that is now dead. He's so evil, he's been working on the border security bill and fighting for it to have no amnesty, no path to citizenship, increase asylum officers, more detention beds, more deportations, change the whole asylum pro. Everyone should have a right to request asylum. It's, it's, this has not been bipartisan compromise. He's been giving the racists everything they want, and Democrats have been rolling over for it and agreeing to all these terms. But then Donald Trump changed his mind and told the Republican Senate he didn't want a border deal. Here's clip A6 at a Vegas rally, Donald Trump reiterating his desire to do nothing, 
to have the Senate kill the reform bill they've been fighting, the reform bill they blackmail the Democratic Party, that all aid to Ukraine to repel Putin's genocidal invasion has to be tied to border funding. And now they're killing the entire deal because Donald Trump told them he wants an open border. Give a listen. We cannot let this happen to our country as the leader of our party. There is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. It's not going to happen. I noticed that, and I'll fight it all the way. I noticed a lot of the senators, a lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me, please, because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. What? And I'll tell you what. A bad bill is, I'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. <laughs> a bad bill you can't have. And he that's wants what was happening chaos. in the House. As you know, the Speaker, who's, by the way, I think he's going to prove to be a very good Speaker. It's tough when you have a very small majority. Very tough. Mike Johnson, Speaker, he just said it's dead Trump's on arrival little Johnson. in the House. It's you hear that? Okay, thank you, Theo. We dead on arrival. Eat. Dead on arrival. So they're saying it now. The only reason we're not going to get the southern border under control, like we've been told we need to so urgently, is that Trump and his cult don't want it anymore. He cares about campaigning on the issue. He doesn't want to fix the issue. Now, if the crisis can wait until next January, it's not a crisis. Now, how are the border security hardliners? handling this. What's Ann Coulter saying now that their cult leader is telling him not to fix it on purpose? Only Trump can fix the border problem, except he had four years to fix it and spent that time making his ass bigger by eating more Big Macs and being paid by foreign governments. Trump and the Republicans had four years to fix this and they failed. Now Biden and the Senate Republicans have a plan, a right wing shitty racist plan. And Trump has ordered his cult in the House to stop legislation to fix the issue. Their cult leader wants a crisis so he can blame Biden. Here's another clip from earlier today. Fox News announced it, oddly enough. Tim, this in an election year, the cover of this deal that you know, uh, uh, critics say it's still going to let a lot of people in, but he gets to take a victory lap that he's gotten Biden. something done. Yeah. yeah, well, it's definitely not going to let a bunch of people in. It's focused on actually turning people around on it. It is interesting. Republicans four months ago would not give funding for Ukraine, for Israel, and for our southern border because we demanded changes in policy. So we actually locked arms together and said, we're not going to give you money for this. We want a change in law. And now it's interesting a few months later, okay, when so we're finally going to the end, is, they're like, oh, is just kidding. James Langford, as he's to- just beginning to realize that his entire world is going to hell right now. About a month ago, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, you heard Trump, was demanding the border be part of any legislation that gave any aid to Ukraine or Israel. He claimed they're required to fix the border. And then as soon as Trump put the squeeze on the House and Senate to kill any border deal, Johnson changed his tune. Now it's DOA. Trump posted on Truth Social, I don't need a big, complex, Democrat-oriented border bill, which will make Republicans look bad. I just closed the border and had by far the safest border in the history of our country. Trump never closed the border. His border policy was a failure. And during COVID, his lies made America have such a bad case of COVID and the most deaths that both Canada and Mexico closed their borders to us. This is the Republican Party. It's Donald Trump. They're the same. And he is going to kill it with his executioners like Mike Johnson. And they're starting to flip out. Tillis is losing it, saying it's all about politics and not having the courage to respectfully disagree with President Trump. Which brings us back to James Lankford, because now they're turning on him. He went on Fox News and tried to defend himself, and they didn't care. They just tore him apart. They accused him of giving Biden a win. 
Langford said he, on Sunday he still believes the effort's going to pass. He said they're all functioning off the Internet rumors of what's in the bill, and many of them are false. He said that on Face the Nation. He said Trump's only against it because of misinformation and Internet rumors. So I went on Twitter and searched what the right wing is saying about this guy who's been so right wing and racist and bigoted his whole life. One tweeter said, Oklahoma's turncoat rhino Langford trying escape legitimate persecution. Internet rumors driving border. De-. They misspelled legitimate. You know, he, he may have been able to get the Republicans the harshest changes to immigration laws in decades. And the Democrats are ready to cave. Democrats were to cave for it. And now he's going to get excommunicated from the party for doing exactly what they wanted him to do. So this weekend, the Republican Party of Oklahoma censured right-wing MAGA Senator James Lankford for being the lead negotiator in the border talks. He was taken out to the woodshed by his own people for being as racist as they wanted him to be, for doing what they wanted last week. Oklahoma Republican State Committee members passed the resolution disapproving of his work to pass a bipartisan border deal. The resolution was posted on social media by State Senator Dusty Devers. You heard of him before? He's a good guy. He's someone who wants to pass a bill. He's a Baptist pastor, and he introduced a bill that would make viewing porn a felony. (laughs) If he wants people to stop watching porn, this guy should appear in it. But they passed the bill, censure, condemning him for the crime. They called it a crime of ignoring Trump's orders and working with Democrats on a bill to increase security at the border, which is the only thing they've said they've cared about since Roe v. Wade died. Until Senator Langford sheeshes from these actions, the Oklahoma Republican Party will sheesh all support for him. The resolution states it's a cult. And Republicans are now refusing to accept a border deal they have wanted for a long time because now it could make Joe Biden look good. And, and it'll also uh, weaken their friend Russia if it happens. And it'll make Ukraine stronger. So they really don't want it. And as much as they complain about the southern border, this guy Lankford, he was doing something about it, something right wing and evil, but he was doing something. And now he can't. Now they're going to make him turn his back on his own bill, just as they made Marco Rubio 10 years ago when the Gang of Eight in the Senate. Remember, they had an immigration reform bill and Sean Hannity was on TV every night saying it's not amnesty. And then Fox News in 2013, had a focus group, and the Fox viewers called it amnesty. And the next night, Hannity called an amnesty on the year, and Marco Rubio abandoned his own reform bill. So this is what's happening. Donald Trump and the Republican Party want open borders. Democrats, you have to talk about this. Republicans are refusing to secure the border because they think an unsafe border will help them win an election in nine months. They want to kill military aid to Ukraine. They want to help Russia win. They want to let criminals and drugs get across the border so they can complain about criminals and drugs crossing the border on the campaign trail. And the speaker did say it's dead on arrival. And then he doubled down over the weekend saying it wouldn't do enough to stop illegal border crossings. (laughs) Two years. We want a border deal. Lankford, well, we can work out the deal Trump wanted. Here it is. How dare you, you rhino? We hate you. You're censured. We're going to primary you. Benghazi. Cuck. Let me quote uh, a noted political thinker, Donald Trump Jr. This is total BS from this rhino. Lankford is cutting a deal with Dems to fund Zelensky with billions while giving a mass amnesty to illegals. That's why we oppose his shitty deal. Anyone who supports it deserves a primary. <laughs> Let's remind Sniffly that his father did not secure the border and his father hired undocumented immigrants in two different centuries to avoid giving Americans a living wage. I searched James Lankford's name on Twitter today with the word uh, globalist and cuck and rhino. And let me tell you, 
They hate him so much he could be an undocumented transgender Mexican Muslim. That's how much they hate him. Nobody wants this except the globalist Marxist Langford. He's a Democrat, leftist Democrat. Betrayal of the American people is complete. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at these comments, and this is a man who voted with Trump 90% of the time. But now he's a rhino for successfully implementing a GOP extortion campaign that forced Democrats to accept a right-wing border security bill. What a dope. Censured for working across the aisle with Dems to solve the border crisis. They're a cult, my friends. How dare this man work with Democrats to come up with a solution to a major problem? Our two-time impeached, four-time indicted cult leader doesn't like it. Republicans used abortion for decades to turn out their base voters, and now the Supreme Court took that issue away. So it's been nothing but the border for a get-out-the-scare, get-out-the-scares, get-out-the-scares. But what does this prove? It proves that Republicans have no interest in solving policy problems. They're not fit to govern, and they're not willing either. Two-thirds of Republicans say they want Donald Trump to run again. In April, it was only 55, so it's happening. Seven in ten Republicans have a favorable opinion of Donald Trump. 74% say they'll vote for him in November. But 53% of Americans already say they will never support him. And another 11% say they would probably not support him. And that's before any convictions come in. So, I'm glad Hunter Biden was indicted. I mean, I don't want him to go to jail. I hope he sues everybody. But the fact that I'm not outraged he was indicted proves I'm not in a fucking cult. And you're not either. And they are. And it's a cult of a moral, unmanly obedience. And James Langford just found out the hard way. <laughs> they believe in nothing but themselves. Couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy. We want to know what you think. We're at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back with the great Professor David Rothkopf. This is SiriusXM. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. You care about ethics in government, criminal justice reform, a conflict-free federal judiciary? I thought so. On Justice Matters, we take on issues involving the need to reform our government and its institutions. And we talk about real, achievable reform. I hope you'll join us. Look for Justice Matters wherever you usually get your podcasts. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. 
We'll be joined by uh, Professor David Rothkopf in just a few minutes. This hour of the show is dedicated to Rudy Giuliani, who declared over the weekend on Newsmax in the trial where Trump was adjudicated a rapist. Giuliani said it was sexual assault, not rape. Thank you, Rudy. Gotta say, as Donald Trump lawyers go, Giuliani was worth every penny. Right now, I'm so pleased to welcome this next guest back to the show. In fact, I want to quote him from a brilliant piece he has in the New Republic right now. Today, as it did once before in 1861, the greatest peril confronting the country comes from within. Then as now, it was a threat that sought to divide America, and it was a threat founded in racism, contempt for our Constitution, and a twisted sense of what was worth preserving from our past. It's from an amazing piece called Trump is a Combination of Every Threat We Have Ever Faced in Our Country. If we wake up to awful news on November 6th, we'll be asking ourselves one question. Did we do enough? It's co-written by the great David Rothkopf. He is CEO of the Rothkopf Group, a media company that produces podcasts, including Deep State Radio, which he hosts. He is also the author of many books, including Running the World, The Inside Story of the National Security Council and the Architects of American Power, and his book, American Resistance, The Inside Story of How the Deep State Saved the Nation, will make you patriotic and will make you care about civics more than you ever did before. It's always a pleasure to welcome David Rothkopf back to SiriusXM. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Um, I have to agree. You say in recent days we've watched the vast majority of leaders of the Republican Party lined up behind the twice impeached, frequently indicted former president. To me, what's been most shocking, David, and I was just speaking about it, is we've had the Republican Party in lockstep demanding the most ferocious border reform bill possible for a year. We've seen them tie any aid to Ukraine to repel Putin's murderous invasion away. And now we're seeing the entire Republican caucus, one by one, drop their demands and sign up to have unsafe open borders and do nothing because Donald Trump changed his mind and would rather have chaos than Joe Biden to have a legislative accomplishment. Yeah, it's cynical on several levels. And when I say cynical, I'm understating it because it's it's the most cynical thing I've ever seen in politics. On the one hand, they say this is the greatest problem we face. Um, And then at the same time, when presented with the strongest potential immigration legislation that we've seen in this century, they say, you know, we don't want that. Yeah. This is the biggest problem we face. It's an invasion, but we don't want to fix it right now because we think that it will help Joe Biden. And it's not just one or two people or a little group of extremists. Uh, You know, it looks like, you know, there's pretty strong unity in the House on this. Um, And and that's disastrous. It's also cynical um, because, you know, it's lining up behind a guy who represents not just, you know, some threats or he's not just a guy with some defects. He's a guy who actually represents every major threat we have faced as a country in 250 years. You know, he he doesn't believe in a constitution. He believes somebody should be a law, Mm -hmm. above the law. That makes him want to be a king. We got rid of having a king. He believes that the constitution is optional and that, the states like Texas should be able to withdraw 
from federal oversight when they don't agree with it. Well, the, that's the principle on which the Civil War was fought. Um, he uh, embraces fascism. That's, that's right. what we fought in World War II. He embraces Russia. That was our enemy in the Cold War. Um, he is all for letting the robber barons control the country. That's what we fought during the trust busters era. I can go on. He's literally every major threat we faced as a country. Uh, and I'm not even getting into, you know, the white supremacy and his desire to turn back the clock to make um, African-Americans and women second class citizens. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to get into it. Let me quote you from this amazing piece in The New Republic. Trump wants to be a king like the one we overthrew. He wants to trash the Constitution, divide America from a white supremacy, as did enemies from within 160 years ago. He embraces the tactics of the fascists we fought in World War II. He is publicly an ally and part of global right-wing nationalist movements. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's been chilling to see the way that he has palled around with so many dictators. But what worries me even more, David, is how the dictators of the world universally really want him back from North Korea to China to Russia. I'm sure Iran, I'm sure Netanyahu is no exception, Saudi Arabia. They don't want someone like Biden, who has an astonishing record of legislative achievement in this country. They want a malleable puppet who can be controlled by flattery. Well, they don't want somebody who puts U.S. national interests first, right? Yeah. So each one of them gets something from Trump. Putin gets his way with Ukraine. Uh, China, Trump has said he would not stand up for Taiwan. That's a Chinese uh, issue. Um, uh, Netanyahu would get a blank check to do whatever he wanted to um, with regard to the Palestinians. Uh, and, you know, despite what people may be debating, that's something that Joe Biden is pushing um, back against. Yes. Right wing leaders around the world would be getting uh, their way with the U.S. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not even saying, you know, Putin wants NATO gone. So does Trump. Uh, Putin wants a weaker U.S. Trump is working to divide America from within. And, you know, this is not just abstract, because as we saw in 2016, uh, foreign powers are going to do their best to intervene in the election. And it's eight years later, and the tools they have to intervene are far more sophisticated um, uh, thanks to the spread of social media, thanks to the spread of artificial intelligence and so forth. So, you know, the fact that the Russians want this uh, is something that is going to actually have an effect on the debate. Exactly. Uh, it, it, and it's already doing it. You know, there there's a lot of interesting uh, 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 research that shows, you know, the Russians have been backing things like uh, uh, states like Texas saying they want to secede. Oh, we know they, that. We They funded, right. the they donated extensive funds to both the California secessionist movement and the Texas secessionist movement in 2016. Right. And and of course, that is that has been um, amplified. Of course, they were big backers of the NRA, which we know is also extremely corrosive to American society. Um, but here's the thing that gets me. And maybe you've got a better perspective than I than I do on it. All these things are true. And he's been invited, indicted four times for 91 felony counts. And a judge has said he's a rapist. And another judge has said that he's a fraudster. And 
every single day. It's a drumbeat, something worse about Donald Trump. He says something worse. He declines mentally. And, you know, it, it was bad to begin with, and it gets worse every day. And yet the Republican Party seems more disciplined and united behind Donald Trump now than they have ever been. And they know who he is. They know what he is. They know what kind of a threat he represents. They know he's a serial criminal. And yet, here they are, lining up. You get, you know, semi-respectable members of the Senate or governor saying, Oh, yeah. Well, Trump's got all these problems. And then somebody says, well, would you vote for him if he's the nominee? All and they go, oh, sure. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll vote for this guy. Um, it's like saying I'll vote for bubonic plague. They know exactly what they're getting. But if they think it can help them a little bit, just a little bit, they'll take it. And they're backed by other people. I don't yeah. know if you talked about Jamie Dimon, oh, at, yeah. the head of J.P. Morgan oh, yeah. at Davos going, Oh, yeah, you know, Trump's got his problems, but on the whole, I could live with him as president. What a shock. Of course huh? he could. Yeah. Of course he could. You're, you he's mean, gonna you make mean a more... billionaire is going to be okay under Donald Trump? Is that really what we're saying here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... right. You know, he's going to hop on his plane and go to his island and avoid the violence in the streets and the roundups and the concentration camps, and he's going to make more money. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's something looming out there in this regard. I don't want to digress, but. At some point in June, probably, the Supreme Court's going to uh, overturn uh, this Chevron case, which allows the federal government yep. to essentially regulate anything, right? To regulate and, poison in the sky and the water. Right, exactly. And so, you know, you may say, well, that's bad because I don't want poison in the sky and the water. And you'd be right about that. But see, here's something that'll happen. Joe Biden will say, that's bad. We need to pass legislation to enable us to do this because it makes people safer. But to Jamie Dimon and to the CEOs of companies, they see that and they think, bonanza. They hear, you know, it's like in a cartoon when the dollar signs, you know, go into the eyeballs of the character because they realize that every regulation you remove is more money to the bottom line more money in their bonus, more money in their bank account. And they see what could happen in the wake of that Supreme Court decision if it's not actively opposed by the president and Trump wouldn't actively oppose it. Exactly. As the biggest windfall yeah. in modern American history for the corporate class. And they're there for it, you know, with a fork in one, you know, it's again, it's like the cartoon with a fork in one end, a knife in the other, their napkin tied around their neck because they're just going to be feeding themselves. And as you point out, a president with this record is in a horse race with a, Biden's record, a candidate who's a menace to the country, who led an insurrection, pathological liar, fraud, rapist, has no real ideas, no credible policy proposals, no record of actually achieving anything for the American people. It, it's chilling. And, and David, he before he was elected the first time. He stole from veterans with a fraudulent online university, was on tape bragging about sexual assault, and he promised to bring back torture and turn away war refugees, and the Christians just lined up. I've said for a long time, Professor Rothkopf, the only way Trump's ever going to lose the base is if he appears in public wearing a T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter. I literally think that's the only way the spell could be broken. I, I have no problem calling it a cult. Is it fair 
to use that kind of terminology when they are blindly obedient, including scores of Republicans that you and I both know for a fact hate this man? Yeah, sure, it's a cult. But, you know, it depends on who you're talking about. Uh, the, you know, the the Cokes and the Jamie Diamonds and the, the, the big rich donors who since Citizens United have been really the the core of our party system. They yeah. set the agenda. They don't think of it really so much like you know, as a cult. They think of it as a way to achieve their goals and as something that won't have that much direct effect on them. Uh, now, you know, if you're some redneck in, you know, Mississippi and, you know, or you're an evangelical and you're sort of down to one issue or you hate America or you think the government's awful and you're sort of in that 30 percent of the voters who vote for Trump no matter what, mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, then it's then it's a cult. <laughs> uh, but it's not the cult alone. And I think we need to recognize that part of it's a cult, but part of it's just a cynical play, because after all, who does Trump really exploit in the end? He, he exploits the people at the bottom of the food chain. Oh, sure. it, it's his voters that he is ripping off the most, treating the worst. Uh, and you could see that in COVID deaths, and you could right. see that in crime rates, and you could see that in all sorts of things in which red states just fare worse than, than blue states. Constantly. And now he's going to be having his supporters giving E. Jean Carroll $83 million because they're making donations to his PAC. And he's literally bleeding the Republican Party dry because no one's donating to their state RNCs anymore. Um, and I want yeah, well, that's a, you know, can you imagine, you know, it's like vote for me because I'm a billionaire, but send me five dollars out of your cookie jar yeah. to help me pay my legal bills. I mean, well, but David, that'd be the worst pitch in history. But, but he, right? they're going to try to come after us, David. He's in between. He's the one protecting us from them. That's why. Don't you understand? They're going to come after <laughs> us for Eugene Carroll. So he's getting in the way. So they go after him for Eugene Carroll. He explains this thoroughly. If you go to a rally, you'd understand. Here's one thing that is capturing my, my, my fancy, David, is this rift in the GOP now over how to respond to Iran, because, you know, we've got the military industrial complex folks who are always going to be there, bomb Iran. They've been waiting their whole lives for it. Then you have these these fascist doves, these people who claim to be against any kind of military incursion. Oh, we learned our lesson from Iraq. They have no problem with Putin's authoritarian invasion. But anything we do is the military industrial complex in the wake of this attack on soldiers in Jordan from the Iranian drone, we're seeing a, 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 a real fissure here. On the one hand, you've got Tom Cotton, Roger Wicker, Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn. They all want to go for it. You've got the Viviks and these other ones on the uh, Tucker Carlson saying no. But you have a brilliant piece today in Daily Beast called a Gaza ceasefire deal is the only way to avoid a wider war. David, I kind of feel like Joe Biden knows the people who sent this drone in would really like to see the Gaza war expand into a regional world war? Well, look, you know, just go back to the history. When did, why did October 7th happen? happen? Well, it did, it did. Why did that attack happen? One of the things that was looming on the horizon was a Israel-Saudi accommodation of some sort, some normalization deal. Um, and it was something that frightened Hamas because they thought it would make the Palestinian issue less relevant. But more importantly, Hamas is funded by the Iranians, and it's something that frightened the Iranians because the last thing the Iranians want to do is see some kind of unification in the world that they oppose. And that's the world of Israel, but it's also the world of their neighbors 
in the Middle East. Uh, and to the extent to which they work out their differences in that world, that's bad news for Iran. And that's why in the weeks since October 7th, you've seen all the Iranian proxies turn up the heat, whether it's the Houthis in, 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 the, right. in the Red Sea, or it's Hezbollah, or that's it's right. Iranian-backed militias uh, in uh, Syria or in Iraq. And, you know, there have been 160 attacks they on want the a U.S. Big war. They want a big militaries. war. Well, they, they, what they want to do is they want to keep this wound open. I don't think they want to get into the big war with the United States because they know they would lose, but they don't want a lasting peace. And I think we have to keep that in mind. It's it's natural and it's essential that we respond to the death of American soldiers in an attack like this. Um, but when we think about it uh, in terms of deterrence, we have to realize that in this part of the world, that kind of thing doesn't really deter. What will deter them the most is actually getting a ceasefire yes. in Gaza, yes. right? You know, yes. uh, because then, you know, you, you recognize that the Houthi thing turned up and the the Hezbollah thing turned up and the uh, Iranian-backed militia thing turned up in the wake of October 7th. Uh, now, it's also essential to stop the killing, and it's also essential to get the hostages back to Israel. All those things are important, but we've got to keep our eye on the ball. You know, we've got to keep things in perspective, and we have to recognize sometimes um, military action is called for, yes. but never take a military action in the short term that's going to make it harder to achieve your goals in the long term. I love everything you just said, Professor, because like war, peace can also spread through a region. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that the best way to defuse all of these many wars wanting to happen all at once is to find a way to get at least a ceasefire in the region. Are you at all hopeful that that can be done when Netanyahu sure doesn't want it because the day the violence ends is the day his court case comes. Hamas doesn't want it. And... We're hearing more and more people in the West say they don't believe a two-state solution can ever work anymore. To me, if there's not a two-state solution, then you either want one side to completely wipe out the other or to do another 50 years as we've done. Are you at all hopeful that we can see this bloodshed end in the region? I, I mean, hopeful may be a little bit strong, but I think it's the thing that we have to pursue. Uh, frankly, I think the way the region has been for you know, 70, 80 years is fighting and fighting and fighting. And therefore, the, the power establishments in all these countries have set themselves up to live with and to profit for the fighting. And so they don't actually want peace that much. Having said that, there has been a change. Uh, some of the countries in the region have said, you know, our issue isn't with Israel. Maybe our issue is more with Iran. Or maybe, you know, we want to focus on our own development because we realize we're going to have to move off the dime on fossil fuels and move into something else. And that requires international investment from the US or China or Europe or wherever. And they think that, you know, a more stable region is really going to be the key for them. And so that's a big shift. That's right. You know, it's been one that's been slowly happening since Egypt and in, in, in at the end of the Carter administration, but it's gained speed in the past few years. And I think we that should be a sign of uh, some hope. Uh, and it's in their interest to pursue that. Netanyahu will resist it, but the vast majority of the Israeli people 
um, oppose Netanyahu at this point. Uh, and the most popular politician in Israel right now is Joe Biden. So yes. Joe Biden actually has some political leverage to move Netanyahu out. And I think there is a reasonable chance. Not, I, I can't really, you know, come up with odds on it. But I think there's a reasonable chance that CIA Director Bill Burns, working with uh, the Mossad, working with the Qataris, negotiating with Hamas, may actually come up with a plan to release the hostages and to get a ceasefire of some period of time. They've talked about two months. Maybe it ends up being less than that, more than that. Is is a short ceasefire, you know, the ideal solution? No. But should we take the deal so that we can turn down the heat and work real hard with the heat turned down to 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 just move the ball down the field a little bit? I think the the answer to that is yes. And I, I'll say one other thing. You know, a lot of people used to talk about Henry Kissinger as kind of the you know shuttle diplomacy king mm-hmm. of the Middle East, and mm-hmm. Lord knows a defective character. I worked with him. You know, some of what he did in the course of his life is hideous. But uh, there was a good book written by a former U.S. ambassador to Israel, Martin Indyk, who studied Kissinger's diplomacy. And without getting too technical, the secret to Kissinger's diplomacy in the Middle East was that he only negotiated for what was possible. He never went there flew around and said, let's solve all of our problems at once, because he knew it wouldn't happen. And I think that's the way we need to approach this. What's possible right now? Does it move us in the direction we want to go? Let's take it. Let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. David Rothkoff hosts Deep State Radio, a terrific podcast you should subscribe to. He's also the author of American Resistance, the inside story of how the deep state saved the nation. That new piece uh, in the New Republic is called Trump is a Combination of Every Threat We've Ever Faced in Our History. I highly recommend it. It's brilliant writing, David. Thank you so much for kicking our week off so brilliantly, as you always do. You always leave me feeling both smarter and more hopeful, and it'll take till tomorrow to chase that away. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Always a great pleasure. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. I'm John saying We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Want to play a really quick clip before we go to your calls here. Here is National Security Spokesman John Kirby. They were asking him today about what's going on. Are we going to have a war with Iran? And then he was asked, is Joe Biden paying attention to what public opinion is when he's making these decisions in the Middle East? Give a listen. Isn't it time to involve the American people? I mean, given the fact that the American people were not happy about, I mean... I suspect the American people are not happy about attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. I also suspect they're not happy about seeing American troops killed uh, at a base in Jordan. The president has the authority to defend those troops in those facilities, and he'll do that. He's weighing all of his options. This is an election year. Is the president looking at his polling when he's weighing all of these options? Is the president looking at what? My goodness. That's a heck of a question. He's not looking. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Let me just stop you right there. Commander in chief is not looking at polling or considering the electoral calendar when he's defending. How they feel about the war on Gaza? Oh, now can I answer the question? 
He's not looking at political calculations or the polling or the electoral calendar as he works to protect our troops ashore and our ships at sea. And any suggestion to the contrary is offensive. Yeah. Sarah is on the line from Brooklyn. Sarah, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Good evening. Hi, John. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. It's hilarious, that clip you just played. because This is that shit. Excuse my language. I don't know if I can say that on your air. It's encouraged. It's okay. But I voted, okay, I voted Democrat because I knew Democrats have corporate overlords and billionaire overlords like the Republicans do. But you know what? When push comes to shove, when it comes to human rights, when it comes to social justice, climate justice, we can push the Democrats, right? We can push them in the direction of right. Yeah. I no longer believe that. Or at least I have serious doubts about that. No, I still believe it. We just have to do it. Did we just listen to what that man just said? Yeah. So we shouldn't believe our lying eyes and lying ears. It doesn't matter what we want. The administration is just going to keep plowing through and doing what they need to do. That is not in our best interest as Americans. Mm. That is not what we want. I remember Hillary Clinton during uh, 2016 was like Putin's puppet, Putin's puppet. I think Biden is Netanyahu's puppet. It's Israel's puppet. Ooh, ooh. This point. I mean, I don't think it's quite that bad, but I don't know at what point Joe Biden's going to get tired of this guy just hanging up on his phone and giving him the finger all the time. I mean, I am really, really he ready to see every Biden bit of the humiliation. Losing. Yeah. Because that you know what doesn't oh. care if Trump wins, doesn't care if Biden stays in, doesn't care if Trump wins. It's a win-win for him. And Biden, we're bending over backwards to give them money. And as our, we're bending over backwards. Why they commit ethnic cleansing? It's genocide. Come on. I know. And Biden has been Israel's strongest ally in the entire West. He said, I'll give you any military force you need. He stood by when they began this bombardment. More than 25,000 Palestinian civilians are now gone. And there are Zionism young people that Biden's I'm never going to get back. It is evil. It, it is evil. evil. However, how, and last month, we were the only veto. 13 to 1 U.N. Security Council resolution calling for humanitarian ceasefire. We were the only veto. And, and, and Biden has done all of this. And what has Netanyahu done for Biden? Nothing but give him the finger over and over and slap him in the face. And I'm so sick of it. Listen. He deserves the humiliation. He should be. A, he's a smart man. He's supposed to be the president of the United States, right? And he is the president he's a of the United smart States. Man, he's a political animal. He knows how the game is played. I so want to point out, though, Sarah. I want to on the right side and I just know. say, you know what? I'm done. You milking us. And if you're not going to listen to what we have to say, then enough. I know. And again, Biden talked about this with Netanyahu last week. And and the next day, Netanyahu said, no, no, we will not compromise on full Israeli security. He said the entire area west of the Jordan River. He said from the river to the sea, the same thing they get upset when the Muslims say he said it. And and Biden has a lot of ways to respond to this. He could remind Israel that uh, we are your financial supporters. And we we have a big say in that. He needs to actually show some anger. American Jews will support him. <laughs> and the Israeli Jews already do support him. But let me just remind you, Sarah, when this is all done, we got to see what Biden can manage to pull off. Because he's oh. the only... Re- hang on, hang on, dear. He's the only reason, Sarah, we had that whole uh, temporary ceasefire for a week before Christmas. That was all because of Biden. And I've got to remind you of the choices at play here. It's either going to be Joe Biden failing to do anything but trying or Donald Trump, who wants all Palestinians dead. 
This is the option and we're I'm, getting. And I'm sickened that that's my choice. I really am. I don't want Trump. Obviously not. I, I can't stand the guy. I think he scares me to death. But I'm equally sickened that Biden is my my only other choice at this point. I celebrated in 2020. I was out on the streets when it was announced that he finally won. And I, don't I, regret, I, really, I don't regret celebrating for his victory. I didn't support him. I'm not a Democrat. He wasn't my top three choices. But I've been amazed at how since he's taken over, this guy who I didn't want has been one of the most consequential, successful presidents in history. He has done more to help more people than any president in my lifetime. And and I got to say, I don't agree he's with everything. He's done a lot, except when it comes to Israel. Oh, like, no, he's well, done then, other, I'm sorry, I'm done, a diehard Zionist, and oh, well, sorry. He, he's done a lot break. of things I don't like, too. I don't like cluster bombs going over to Ukraine, but I like how he's made NATO stronger than ever. Look, I've never in my life had a president who checked all my boxes, Sarah. I've never in my life had a president who didn't disappoint me outrageously on things. This guy sure does. But if it comes down to him or Trump, it's still a very, very, very easy choice for me to make. But the difference is I'm not in a cult. I will continue to criticize Joe Biden where I see fit while supporting him because we are the party or at least the voters who are smart enough to walk and chew gum mentally at the same time. Just like if his kid goes to jail. Great. I'm not in a cult. Put him in jail. I don't care. And I am allowed to criticize the person I wind up voting for as harshly as I want. And I'm not afraid of being canceled by everybody else. Dancing with fascism. We are so close. And uh, pre-September 11th, I thought the person who can get us there was Trump. Now, I'm not not so sure. Biden's not fascist. Come on. Biden's not fascist at all. I am not calling him a fascist, but he's acting fascist-like. No, he's and not. Are you, are you listening to a spokesperson? He's acting, like a weak, he's acting like a weak Democrat who gets run over by right-wing people. And he's acting like the kind of Democrat that's made me so mad my whole life, from Al Gore to John Kerry to Jimmy Carter, just being a punching bag for these thugs. And Netanyahu is a thug. Doesn't change the fact that Hamas are Nazi fucking terrorists as well. I mean, it's ugly any way you look at it in the region. If Hamas has to go, the entire Israeli government has to go. Let's start over from scratch. Let's have two, you know, new. Um, that's going to happen, Sarah. Hamas is Hamas yeah. is going to go. The, by the way, no matter what I say, no matter what the Bible says, Mossad is going to kill every one of those motherfuckers if it takes 10 years. This is going to be like Munich part two. They're going to kill all of them anyway. The point is killing but every they member. Just, for giggles, shits and giggles, we're going to kill killing um, every, over 30,000 women exactly. and children and, just and, for shits and giggles. And killing every member of Hamas will not make the terrorist attacks stop. Only when Palestine is a free nation with control of its own borders and a nation that recognizes Israel's right to exist and Israel can live in peace and freedom with their neighbor as trading partners and they can start making it a fucking tourist area as a resort and letting the money roll in, for God's sakes, then this will all be a distant memory. But until we get there, it's going to be ugly. I can tell you one thing. Hamas is done. And when this conflict is over, or maybe before then, Netanyahu's done too. His own people will not keep him in power after this. Well, I have to tell you that I do hold on a bit to your optimism. I don't feel it, but hearing you speak for three hours sometimes on the radio (laughs) calms me just a bit. Well, I I don't know if I believe it. Look, here's what I say. I'm not I'm not an optimist. I promise you, I'm I'm a recovering cynic. I know how shitty things are anyway, but I think hope is logical. And I do believe in a case like this, eventually 
It can't go on like this forever, Sarah. At some point, younger people who are tired of all the violence the older generations have settled for have got to take over and say, fuck this. At some yeah, point, all the old guys and I mean on both sides, young, like young Palestinians have to reject the violence and young Israelis have to reject the occupation. I mean, it's going to come from young people. I swear to God, I'm over hoping anybody over 40 is going to bring about any kind of peaceful resolution. Yeah, I'm reason. not ageist, but all the old folks got to go. I'm tired of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ageist monster. Sarah, <laughs> thank you very much for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Really quick, then we go to Rhonda. Uh, Riley in Montana. Thanks for waiting on hold so long. You're on progress. Hey, Riley. Oh, hi, hi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this a good time for you? Welcome. You know, you know the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I come up with a little tune. Okay. That's kind of to show the, show the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats and, and voting accordingly, you know? Okay. And the name of the tune is called Red is Dead <laughs> and Blue is, tr- is uh, True. Okay. Would you like to hear it? If it's quick and you can give me a little bit and our listeners yeah, can yeah. make it out what you're saying, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it goes like this. Red is dead and blue is true. Now I know, yes, I know what I've got to do. Next November, I will remember that red is dead and blue is true. Joe Biden is my president. One hundred and fifty percent. Oh, red is dead and blue is true. Now I know, I know what I've got to do. Fascism or democracy? Anyone with eyes can see that red is dead and blue is true. Now I know, yes, I know what I got to do is vote blue. Who come and join me too? Damn. Is that the well done? Let's hear it, everybody. Thea's clapping madly. Wow. <laughs> I gotta tell you sure something. Fifty years ago today, Mark Farner, friend of this show, lead singer of Grand Funk, walked walked into the studio singing the locomotion out loud. And everyone said, Hey, let's record that song. And it became a monster hit. Fifty years to the day, you walk into my show singing that out loud. And my God, sir. It's as good as the locomotion. Get out there and get a band. Did he hang up? Oh, okay. <laughs> he was too busy for me. He really hung up, Thea. Yeah. Something, is this something I said? Yeah, it was, it was you. I thought I was being very supportive yeah. of this song. Okay. Well, get a band, dude. Yeah. Call us back. It's pretty catchy. I, I got to save this awkward moment. How, <laughs> how? I know what I can do. What if I had someone smarter than me? funnier than me, a better person than me, and much more attractive than me. Well, fortunately, it's not that hard to find someone who meets all four criteria, and I have someone right here on the line. You guys know Rhonda Handsome. She's the comedian who classes up this show every Monday and makes me look forward to it. Rhonda has been, well, she's worked for everyone. She opened for Diana Ross. She opened for uh, Anita Baker. She opened for Aretha Franklin. And, of course, she's one of the funniest ladies in the game. She does great solo shows. And um, I'm a big fan of her political comedy on SoundCloud as well. People of Earth, whether you're ready or not, this is Rhonda Handsome. I'm black, (laughs) y'all. Good evening, Queen. Thank God. Thank God. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I I just stopped twerking to his his little song there. Uh, That was... (laughs) I saw you twerking on Zoom. A good workout for me. Yes, Yes, thank you. It was good cardio. (laughs) 
Good cardio. Oh, I got I got to say congratulations on your book. This oh, is fantastic. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> congratulate. Oh, how so about glad. how about congratulate me when I actually turn it in and it's written, Rhonda. Uh but yeah, the, <laughs> we got announced. We just got announced and uh yeah, I'm, I'm I got a book deal. So, uh goodbye everyone socially for the next 6 months. <laughs> I'll be living in a ca- I already live in a cave to do this show, but now I'll be living in a cave during the daylight hours too. But thank you, Rhonda. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And how are you doing, Miss Handsome? I, I was wondering what stories. We, normally, we talk in advance about what's burning up your hard drive. What what is uh going on for you right now at, at a time when I, I'm just so shocked by all these Republicans turning their backs on this immigration reform bill for the border? They've been screaming, "We need and prioritizing and beating up Biden with it," and they suddenly realized, "Oh, wait a second! If this happens, then uh, Biden's a president who did something, and we didn't." So now they're abandoning it, and Donald Trump is the open borders candidate. Oh, my goodness. They, they they are very good at blocking themselves. But personally, I feel great, John. I got to tell you that <laughs> I did a set at the uh, retail market in Little Italy. There's, you know, the, where they have all of these shops in the Bronx, the Little Italy in the Bronx, uh, Bronx comedy. I was there tonight. How there was were it? all of these. It was it was full of students from Fordham who were very smart and very appreciative. And I had such a great time. Uh, uh, and a white guy named Walt Frazier. <laughs> a white guy together. named Walt Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a pretty cool yes. way to go through life, I got to say. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it was just so wonderful to be in front of a, a group of smart young people. Uh, it was wonderful. Oh, and I also have to tell you, I went to Carnegie Hall uh, this past week and uh, one of the greeters uh at the at the uh, recital hall next door is is one of your listeners. Oh. I, and you know, I, I I walked in and he st- he was embracing me. I said, was thinking, oh my god, is, is this someone that I I used to be engaged to or what? <laughs> you, you know. Um, but he 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 knew me from your show, and really? then uh, I gotta I gotta say, I love your listeners, Mitch came out to the reading I directed of this uh, wonderful comedy, a a love comedy. And, uh, you know, I feel so loved by your people. You know, even even the woman who doesn't want me to do jokes about suicide anymore. We got in trouble last week. We should explain that. We we okay. I want to clarify something. We did not tell any jokes about suicide. We talked about how suicide is one of those third rails of comedy. Because I said, you can do jokes about suicide if they're extremely funny, but you have to know, I mean, that's not a funny subject, so you better, it's like talking about racism, talking about the N-word, talking about death or or murder, anything horrible. Ordinarily, they'd say, don't do it, but if you've got to do it, you, you better be really funny and have a point. And yeah. we got letters from people who were mad at us for telling <laughs> suicide jokes. I don't think that's what we did. Well, and and but I, I think it ended amicably. Uh, you know, I had to help her understand that it was my experience, you know, with depression that, you know, uh, I was I was dealing with. But I just want to say how much I love your audience, oh, for, you, you know, all, all of these years that you have wonderful people, uh, funny people. And and I love the ones who reach out to me. I'm still waiting. I got to get somebody to help me get my website updated. But uh, Daryl from Carnegie. <laughs> Carnegie Hall, Mitch, and, and 
and Jerry, uh, who who wants me to change my entire storytelling How did Daryl from Carnegie Hall <laughs> recognize you from the radio? That's the greatest thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's a music ambassador there, and um, it, it was really wonderful seeing a master class with Angel Blue. I just felt like such a, a classy broad nice. being there, and 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 Daryl greeted me with open arms. And I want you to know what fantastic people you have. Oh, listen, uh, I know listening to you. No, I know they write to me all the time. And the nice thing is, you know, I always say I live in a, a New York, so I, I never meet anybody. Who listens to the show because most people here don't have cars, don't commute, don't listen to Sirius XM every day. So I was in San Francisco last weekend and it was so great to meet so many people who listen to the show. I, I got to leave town. I, I read the emails and they write me letters all the time, but it's so nice to actually meet Sirius XM listeners. And uh, when they come to the live shows, it's, it's really special. But hang on, Mitch, you vouch for all this. You went to see Rhonda's play. You vouch for this, Mitch? One hundred percent. I love you, Rhonda. You know what, Rhonda? You know my my one of my all time favorite movies. And I think the movie really, uh, uh, you know, just changed everything to me. Is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I know this. It's it's oh. kind of a stretch. It's kind of a stretch. You know, between your play and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but there are similarities. And it uh, what that what that uh, movie did was, you know, it it it, it was a culture change for a lot of people and uh it just say it just said it all you know it was funny it was poignant uh you know it uh there was still you know the, the people problems family problems and things like that but it it, it, it gave it a whole new uh, meaning as far as you know uh, relationships and you know and and, uh, and and brotherhood and my god you know but uh, the, th- the great thing about your play was rather what I like about it is it makes you think. Okay, it's you know when you go to most plays or shows or movies and such, it's all right there in front of you. This here, you have to put it in your mind. You know, put yourself in that uh, situation. You know, be part of that uh, uh, ensemble, and and you live it, and you live it, and I, I, that's that's the great thing about the this this form of uh, of uh, storytelling. And uh, I just oh, thank you, appreciate thank that. you so much for being there. Uh, J.T. Smith is a playwright. I love directing for the Frank Silvera Writers Workshop. We had a fantastic cast, and the audience was just so appreciative. And to just have that bring up um guess who's coming to dinner in your mind is is mm. such a compliment so thank you thank you very much Mitch. thank you mitch what a gentleman thank you thank, thank you. you thanks for supporting yeah. Rhonda's work man and 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 oh. don't hit on her so much okay maybe a little more subtle <laughs> have some game bro have some game is all i'm asking of you mitch <laughs> she's the best john Rook, if i may one, one, wait one, no one. that was your call bro you want to have a double now now what <laughs> oh you're going to involve me in this conversation thanks go ahead I, I got a second story. Because I can leave uh, and leave you and Rhonda alone for a while. It seems to be where you're taking this thing. <laughs> uh, on a more of a serious note, the paper today was about um, the way we vote, especially in states that are, uh, let's say, small-town-minded people, okay? Yeah. And where they elect these officials into you know the, the state capitals. Their agenda is, because they come from a small town, maybe not so not quite so diverse and not, uh, you know, not, uh, let's put it this way, you know, solid white towns. And that's the kind of government you're going to get in, you know, in your state capital. There's no diversity. And then Ohio is one of them. The, the, some of these legislators today, they send to Columbus. They, they're not speaking for everyone. They're speaking for a small group. My you know, God. Uh, yeah. You know, that, uh, 
doesn't represent the, everyone. And uh, yeah. there's got to be a way to uh, fix that. I mean, uh, I mean, you actually have a Republican governor who vetoed their anti-trans yeah. bill because it beat up on kids so hard. There's right. 400,000 high school athletes in the state of Ohio, and yeah. seven of them are transgender. <laughs> And that's why they're trying to pass this stupid fucking law where they just beat up on a marginalized minority that people are scared of and don't like. You got one decent Republican, Mike DeWine, who's wrong about a lot of things, but he vetoes this. And both the House and the Senate override his veto because cruelty's the point. Make the lives of trans children harder so the Christians will vote for you. That's where it's at, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean... uh... It's just bizarre world. It really is, uh, you know. But, uh, it's Trump world, it, man. It's Trump world. It We're really in it. Is. it. And you know, and, and I'm not no big fan, but the Barry Goldwater's quote about uh, about you know this, this white Christianity yeah. taking over government. It's so true. I mean, it, 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 he said this how many years ago, and it's, yep. it's, it's it's coming to fruition. I know, and he wanted to nuke the Kong, and he was the wisest one out there in the party. Right. Mitch, thank yeah. you so very much. It's good to hear from thank you. you. Thank Peace. you. We're at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Rhonda, I want to get to some more callers. And I want to talk about Donald Trump's $83 million to E. Jean Carroll. She was just on CNN talking about how she's going to spend the money. Can you stay with us after the break? Absolutely. We'll be back in two with more of your calls. Our number is 866-997-4748. I hope I did a good job getting in the way. I was trying to cock block Mitch the entire time, Rhonda. I know what that guy's doing. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. This is SiriusXM Progress. So, Rhonda, handsome, since you're here with us, I'll tell you this. You know, E. Jean Carroll's a friend of this show. She's done it before. I've, I've, I've known her for over 25 years. One of my, my first uh, network TV jobs was a morning show I did with her for NBC way back when I was like nine. But she had a pretty good uh, day in court last week. She was already judged to have been the victim of sexual abuse and and defamation but then trump kept defaming her she went back to court asked for 10 million more and instead got 83 million dollars and hunter biden's gonna have to pay for this somehow Rhonda. um i I thought it was such an incredibly positive outcome i never thought we'd see a, a, a a a settlement like that that it that's amazing to me that Trump will continue to flap his gums and cause him his th- th- those numbers to just keep rising. Uh, and this was this uh, the the jury's decision yeah. to increase. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They asked how much, and and again she went to trial asking for ten million on this. Here she is on CNN over the weekend. This is a five Miss Harper uh, telling CNN that Trump only cared about this defamation trial as a way to fundraise and campaign to his voter base. The courtroom was not a courtroom to him. It was a campaign stop. That was clear. Um, so we had two different objectives. Ours was to win a case. His was to win voters. We'll see how that plays out, that he's uh, using me to win voters. Sexual assault. A man found liable for sexual assault is using the woman he sexually assaulted to get votes. 
don't feel bad. He's also trying to use a failed attempt to overthrow the government and stealing national secrets and paying off porn stars to commit campaign finance fraud. Um, he's He's got a whole lot of shit he's covering up. It's not just you, Eugene. But I think she's right, Rhonda. Well, he is literally, I mean, with the Tish James case in New York, he's guilty of fraud, but he's using it to get these rubes to send their billionaire more money. Well, he has a lot of practice at using women and he, he can't stop now. John. <laughs> he, he's got no self-control. But, you know, I I admire Eugene for being able to, uh, you know, get this kind of decision. What I'm trying to see is, is she actually going to get any of that money? She's going to get because it. Because he's yeah. notorious. Oh, he, no, she'll get it. notorious for she, not paying. No, she's getting it. And and they will get the money from him if, if, if she doesn't. I mean, she's going to get paid. And she's already said that she's going to be giving the money to charities that will infuriate him. So look at anything for women's rights, immigrants' rights, um, LGBT, if we're lucky. Let's go to Pit Doc. Calling from Ohio. Doctor, welcome. You're on Progress with Rhonda Hanson. Good evening. Hello, John. Hi, Rhonda. How are you, you know, sir? Rhonda, you know, uh, while, while Mitch from Ohio might be, you know, coming on to your plays and stuff like that, I hope you got the gift I gave John to give to you. No, I haven't seen her yet, but I have your gift that you gave for me to give Rhonda like two months ago. And I just I yeah. have not seen Rhonda in person because it's a lot to get a beautiful lady like that to drag her fine self down to Times Square <laughs> at 10 o'clock on a Monday night. We're working on it. I but that was anyway. so thoughtful, and I can't wait to get it. And and once I do, I'm going to take a picture wearing it. And Rhonda, I have <laughs> so it. It's gorgeous. It. It's comfortable. I wear it every night. I can't wait to give it to you. It's yours. I, I Thank you. shouldn't even Thank tell you, you I wear it. Anyway, John, two things. First yes. of all, do you know who the Romaiki family is? I don't. Well, this is this is proof that the Republicans do not hate all illegal immigrants. <laughs> In fact... For five years, they, 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 we have conservative radio hosts and, and even congressmen striving for this people. They've been religiously persecuted after they've been illegally here. They came here 15 years ago on a 90-day visa and, of course, stayed mm-hmm. and everything like that. And the Republicans are really saying that they're being railroaded and they should not be deported. Now, what's unusual about this family? Tell me. Well, if you look in the middle, there's an article in the Daily Cost from about nine days ago. You type in Romelke and it'll come up. Uh, to, to look at the picture of this family, you have to put on sunscreen and wear sunglasses because they are the whitest people you will ever see in your freaking life. Okay. They're Germans who fled Germany because they couldn't do homeschooling for their, for their kids. Okay. So, I mean, okay. Anyway, the point I'm getting to is, is that... I know we keep, we keep talking about the Democrats can't sell things. You know, the Republicans lie, cheat, and all the time and everything like that, and the Democrats can't sell anything. But I swear to God, just give, just give the Lincoln Project $100 million and say, okay, now the Republicans say they do not want anything on immigration done. Just run $100 million of ads just pillaring these bastards for the next 10 months because they've just lost, yeah. they've lost the option to use it yeah. for political abuses. They have the Pure ads. The ads are cut. I mean, you got Mitt Romney standing in the hallway of the Senate saying exactly what happened, that they have been right. ordered by Trump to let the border stay as a crisis, which means it ain't a crisis if it can wait 11 months. Right. You got it, man. Uh, one other thing. Yes. One other thing. Yes. Uh, you and Seska were talking about the Oscars last week and everything like that, but yes. you missed the most important one. What? This is the most important Oscar I consider of the whole show. Tell me. Is that for the first time in 70 years, a Godzilla movie got an Oscar nomination. That's true. 
That's true. Yeah. And apparently it's a great... Have gra- you seen Godzilla minus one? No, yet? dude. I've seen like 25 movies of Godzilla minus one. I haven't seen. I do want to see it. And I want to see it in color. Well, I, I respect the black and white version, but I want to see it in color before... before. I saw the one in color, and then I saw the black and white version it's on Saturday. It's really great, I, I would right? Say, I would, they're both great. In fact, you should see it in color the first time. Because, but the first That's what I'm time you see... The first time you see Godzilla, he's much more terrifying in black and white. But the rest of the movie, you should probably see in color. All right. Uh, can I bring an 11-year-old boy uh, who gets frightened easily to this, or is it too intense? There's Well, other than the monster stomping on people and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what that, I was talking about. Yeah. Really. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he, he has to be able to read subtitles. That might be the problem. Oh, oh, yeah, he can do that. We do that all the time. All right. Thanks, man. That's I appreciate fine. it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Take it easy. Bye, Rhonda. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. By the way, not just a, a Godzilla movie, but have you noticed in the category, Rhonda, of Best Supporting Actor, Sterling K. Brown... And Ryan Gosling, two actors are nominated for a comedy, for for a satire. Two actors up against each other. Um, I don't know if you've seen American Fiction yet, but it's a riot. And uh, Sterling, I K- love I love American Fiction. Oh, isn't it and, great? Uh, he he does a tremendous turn in there as the uh, black sheep of the family. But uh, Jeffrey Wright is spectacular. I, I mean, uh, it, it was really so worth the time to to sit through yes. and absorb. Uh, I, I want them all to win. I want I know. everybody they've, to They've win. both done this show before, and uh, and Jeffrey Wright's a pal, and Sterling K. Brown is the most likable man I've ever met. And the movie is just, like, so smart, so political, so savagely funny, and then they just hit your heart with the most emotional little subplots out of nowhere, and it's like the most moving family drama. I was not yes. ready for how much that movie makes people feel. It's really special. Let me go to uh, Yasha calling from Oregon. Hello, Yasha. Thank you for waiting on hold. You're on Sirius XM with myself and Rhonda Handsome. Oh, hello, John. I'm with two of my favorite people. Why, thank you. Rhonda, you're doing just great, I think. You should see her live. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's good to hear about your theater work. I was in theater for 18 years, and I do miss it, so I, you know. Anyway, my what I wanted to bring up tonight, because I'm, I get so frustrated with this talk, and this goes back to some gal that called you about the... Biden this and Biden yeah, that, and why doesn't he make peace in the Middle East, and why doesn't he do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't remember That's her name, okay. because I have a brain like a steel colander. But, um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that, too. <laughs> Use it any time. Right on. Um, 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 but anyway, so I'm getting really bored with this all this talk about why doesn't Biden um, tell go over there and turn Netanyahu over his knee? You know, where did the idea come from that we have a president with a magic wand? I know, I know. Uh, it came from people. It came from people who wanted daddy. It came from. It came from it came from people who want simple solutions to complex problems, which is why a fraud like Donald Trump can run and promise them simple solutions to complex problems like a wall. And uh, it never works. But if they can find new lies to tell them, they'll keep on forgiving you because simple people like simple stories with simple solutions. 
Well, John, I, Go ahead, I'm, Rhonda. I'm a little, I'm a little confused because uh, I was in Little Italy in the Bronx talking to these Fordham students. You're you're telling me there's no more build the wall. This this is just all jettison uh, building the wall now. Uh, no, now the entire border deal that the Republicans have been working on for months and. They've been blackmailing the Democrats into agreeing with the most racist right wing border security plan they could possibly do. Democrats have caved and caved and caved so hard. There's miners trapped inside of them. Now they're finally on the verge. It was it's 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 Lankford and Kirsten Sinema and a Democratic senator. They're on the verge of releasing this. And Donald Trump came out this week or last week, rather, and said, no kill the deal. I want it to get worse. I want to run on the border. I don't want this to get solved. And Joe Biden has a victory. So clearly it's not a crisis. Mitt Romney called them all out last week for it. Mitch McConnell told everyone Trump's the nominee of the party. We are no longer doing this deal. And the entire Republican Party is turned on super right wing bigot James Lankford just because he's working on what they wanted a week ago. It's a cult, Rhonda. They've lost because their I minds. thought I saw something says, "Oh, we've got a bipartisan deal. Yeah, We're ready to do, that's it. do this." That's the one, and it's a shitty deal. It's right wing. Democrats got sucked into it because they said we will not give you funding for Ukraine to repel the genocidal Russian invasion. We got Pentagon officials telling Ukrainians, "Sorry, Republicans are holding it up back home." And Mike Johnson has said for months, "You're not getting any more funds for Ukraine to repel Putin's genocide unless it's tied to a border deal." And now Mike Johnson has said. Forget all of that. No, they are trying to help Vladimir Putin. They are trying to help Donald Trump and they are trying to do nothing because they think doing nothing to help anyone will help give them more power. Well, I'm very upset that it's tied to something else, John. We really do need to deal with the uh, uh, the immigration situation. We really do need to enforce uh, our, our immigration mm. uh, laws. We need to we understand do. who's coming in. We, we do, but, we, uh, but none of them are need... serious about it. None of them are, if they wanted it to end, they'd lock up the employers. Simple. They'd lock up people like Donald Trump who dangle the jobs and put up a help wanted sign on our border. They never will. I say it every night. They never will lock them up. They don't care about the issue. They could stop it tomorrow. They don't want to stop it. They need the crisis. They, they got rid of Roe v. Wade and look what happened to them now. They're fucked. So they're never going to let go of this. They're never going to let any real reform happen at our border. They need the chaos. I, I'm, I'm very upset. Well, uh, we we need to really get a handle on on what's happening there uh, and to put the party over the country is uh, a continuation of madness, John. It, yeah. it is a continuation of madness. <sighs> Yasha, thank you very much for the call. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Let me, we got a lot of callers still, Rhonda, who want to weigh in on all this. <laughs> if you want to talk about the Oscar nominations, we can, but I don't think you're as mad about Barbie as other people I know. No, I... <laughs> No, neither am I. I'm not mad about Barbie. I'm not mad about Barbie either. They got the best picture, best screenplay. What do you want? Beachside Bill in Orlando. You're on with Rhonda Hanson. Welcome. 
evening, John and Rhonda and, and Thea. Hope all's well with y'all. Hello, I, sir. I just I'll get to my, yes. I'll get to my point quick. Thanks. I I'm thinking about what's going on at the border here and all that. And you know these Republican governors down here. And I'll use my reject as as an example here in Florida. Okay. They round up. They use the state guard here, right? You know they have they've nationalized the the Santa's the state Florida state guard. And he, let's say he sends a couple dozen to the border. And we get hit with a hurricane or some some shit happens. Who knows? Okay. Okay. And you know we need that we need them here. Let's say we need them here, and we're 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 fucked without them, right? Okay. So my my point is, what what are these other governors thinking? I mean, it, it, it's pointless sending uh, our troops because we're going to need them here. You know what I'm going? I'm yeah. just trying to make make sense of this because it, it's insane what these people are doing. And, uh, uh, you know, oh, my other point was, you know, you know, the track hoe, the, the, on the board in the, in the Rio Grande there, they had that big, that big piece of machinery, right? What are we talking oh, about? The track hoe. The track hoe? I'm okay. Talking, it's called the track hoe. It's on the, on the pontoon boat there, right? I've never heard of a track hoe, but I have a favorite new epithet to call people I don't like. Go on, please. <laughs> you well, trifling, track you track trifling hoe big- track hoe. You trifling track hoe. I like it. It's going to stick. Go on, please. But it, it, it's on a pontoon boat, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has, the, you know, and back hoes and, and, and front end loaders. I used to work with them, but I never worked in the back uh, track hoe, but I know about them. So anyway, they, they should, someone who's an expert swimmer could go, go up underneath the pontoon boat and accidentally I poke a hole in it, you know, because in, in it's pontoon, it's air, air that's holding these, these, this crane or this, this track hoe up. And, 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 you know, Know, kind of maybe just let it sink and you know people around there know how to swim you know a little you know, just yeah, I'm just we... kind of suggesting this you know what okay. I mean kind I, of... it sounds like you're the man cut out for this job do you have a frog suit are you ready do you have something to puncture a pontoon <laughs> I'm a little too old for that but maybe someone around there could I'm just putting the putting the hint out why there, are John. we sinking That's a pontoon doing, boat you know? why are we why are we vandalizing a pontoon why? boat why because they'll because it'll disrupt these fuckers. That's why it'll disrupt them enough. You know, they'll, it'll take them days because that's the that's the take them days to do what? Disrupt bar- them for disrupt them from what? The barbed wire. They're putting the barbed wire the in there. <laughs> yeah, I okay. yeah, tra- yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I mean, sure, no, I guess. I, I, I just, I just, I, I, I fall back on this idea of electing decent people. But I guess we can sabotage pontoon boats in the water. Sure, I, I'll, I'll sign me up. No. But that's the that's the, the track hose putting that barbed wire in the water. I see what you're now saying. Now we want to take it out. You, you understand? That's yeah, where yeah. I'm going. I mean, look, it, I, I, no, it, I get it. It's killing these children. It's, Except, it's that's my point. Literally, Jesus commands you to welcome the stranger. The only law on immigration or borders in the entire Bible. Leviticus, Jesus, welcome the stranger. But the Bible's a big game of telephone tag. And Greg Abbott heard, well, Jesus said, welcome the stranger, but Greg Abbott heard put razor wire in the Rio Grande River to lacerate children into ribbons. And now, Rhonda, we see the Supreme Court says, no, Biden's right. You can't do that. I mean, it's the American border before it's the Texas border. And these jackasses are talking about secession, which none of them mean. None of them will give up their Social Security ever. Like, literally, he's just wagging his dick at decency <laughs> and threatening secession to no one, but because he thinks that's going to save him with his base. Well, uh, they may not mean it, John, but this may, what it signifies to me is that we have a serious problem that needs to be addressed 
and it is not being dealt with according to our I laws. Agree. I mean, I, we have to have some kind of control over what is the the numbers of people coming in are are huge. And I do take issue with being asked with 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 mayors and governors asking us to house people in our homes you know when i well, realized in, in our that, home i'm sorry who's asked you to house anyone in your home i don't know who the other one was but actually eric adams had floated that idea a couple of other people have actually uh mentioned uh opening your home to um to to these people by force who have not by force been, I haven't heard this. No, I, 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 I don't think I don't think yet they want you to, to volunteer, volunteer. Okay, to sure. do this. OK, I get it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it's a lot to ask of us. You know, the, the Statue of Liberty, you know, once, you, you know, these the uh, those seeking uh, asylum to come here. But our resources are being stretched so far I i'm mean, with you but you know rhonda we could we could schools. we could end the drug war and half of this would stop just saying we could end the yeah. drug war tomorrow and half of these border crossings would stop it's all a racket they could end it they don't want to beach beside bill we got to hit a break but i thank you for the call you filled my head with okay. evil ideas uh what a great show we had tonight we'll be back again for some more tomorrow this is sirius xm progress peace